Hi, Massa. How are you? Hi, thank you for having me. It's such an honor for me to be here sharing my story with you. And my hope is that at the end of the day, you and I walk away with a little bit more empathy in our hearts. And this couldn't come in a better timing. I have a birthday coming up in a few days. And as I get older, my birthdays are becoming more and more meaningful to me. And I start looking at, um, you know, what I have built so far and uh, what I want to continue building. So looking at your life resume, what is one thing that you are most proud of? Um, that's a great question. I am most proud of being able to share my vulnerability with everyone, you know, writing my life story through poetry and publishing my first poetry book. What I remember, what I have learned had immensely increased my feeling of self-love, self-worth, and um, self-compassion. And I wanted it so badly to create that for others. And that's why I created uh, What I Remember, What I Have Learned podcast. Was it intimidating or hard asking people questions about their life? Not at all, actually. Um, you know, I'm not a great public speaker. And that's not because I don't know how to speak or I'm insecure about my accent or not being fluent in English, but it's just, I have never put myself in those situations since I graduated from architecture school. So, um, but a one-on-one -on -one conversation is a lot different. Uh, I remember even as a kid, I would love to talk to people, especially older people, and listen to their life story and I just felt so so special and I felt so honored uh, that they're telling me about their life um, so for me a one-on-one -on -one conversation uh, talking with someone about their life it's very intriguing and I feel very very honored so how was your experience growing up in Iran and what made you decide to come to States? So I was born and raised in Mashhad in Iran. And growing up, honestly, growing up without parents, that was very difficult. And it was even more difficult because I really didn't have a point of reference. I didn't know anyone who had a same or similar situation than me. And so I kind of was always in the heights uh, when it came to talking about family and where I live and who I live with and the whole family dynamic. Um, and the main reason I came to the States was to reunite with my mom. Uh, my mom left when I was nine and I didn't see or talk to her until I was 17. Uh, so I was very much looking forward to live with her and get to know her. What did you feel when you saw her at first? So the first time I saw her, actually it was in 
Iran. She came to Iran for a visit when I was 17. And then a year after I left Iran to go to States, um, I was very nervous, excited at the same time. Didn't really know what to expect. But I just, I, I remember I just wanted her, I wanted to look my best. I went shopping before her coming and just, I just wanted to look my best. Uh, when she sees me and obviously she was she was really surprised to how much I have grown and a woman that I have become what surprised you the most when you came to states um I think what surprised me the most was that I didn't see any yellow caps around and uh, just growing up in a city and commuting everywhere either with bus or taxis just that's what I was used to and not knowing how to go from point a to point b but also it just wasn't as easy as I thought it would be that I could just take a cab and go from one place to another and share a cab with like four different people as we would back in Iran obviously back then there was no Uber or Lyft or anything like that. I was definitely surprised and kind of disappointed. And I really felt like a nine-year-old, you know, in the body of an 18-year-old um, that I'm just kind of start learning. What is your favorite story to tell? My favorite story, um, I would say it's probably a childhood story where um, I, I mean, I was addicted to chocolate and I, I still am, but I can control myself much better now. And I remember my mom had sent these chocolate bars from France and my sister put it in the upper cabinets, uh, because she knew that I would just finish it in one setting. And I found out where it is one day that she wasn't home. And start with one piece and the second piece. Shortly after, I finished a whole bar and kind of left the um, wrapping in place and stage it as if a cat or something would have come and beat it. And when my sister came home and shortly after she noticed the empty chocolate wrapping left on the cabinet shelf. And so she asked me about it and it, obviously she came to me and I said, oh, it wasn't me. It was the neighbor's cat that came and had it. Like I found it empty too. And I was surprised. And then I saw the cat, you know, and I figured, oh, it must have been the cat that ate the chocolate. And she was just like, really? Seriously? And I was telling her as if, you know, this is the truth and nothing but the truth. <laughs> and I don't know if she believed it or not. It looked like she believed it. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a fun moment. And I don't know, as a, as a kid, I was, and I guess by a kid, I mean, I was in middle school, 
I did that quite a bit, like staging things. What makes you successful? So I think being successful is just a feeling. Uh, and honestly, days that I would feel that I feel happy and fulfilled, those are the days that I would feel successful. And there are days that I feel like I need to do more and I, I don't feel quite fulfilled. And those are the days that I would say I'm not being successful in, you know, who I could be. Um, so that's how I see um, success and being successful is just that am I being good? Am I being a good daughter? Am I being a supportive sister? Am I being a good aunt? What kind of artist I am? What are my goals? What are my objectives? Like all those things. That's how I associate with being successful. And for the most part, I do feel successful. Um, because I'm, I'm doing what I want to do and I'm not letting money dictates what I should be doing. So I think in that sense, I, I do feel successful. Um, but there are days, you know, that I don't feel, I don't, I don't feel that. So honestly, it's a feeling, but for me, it, it correlates with feeling fulfilled and happy. What do you want to continue building on for your life resume? Um, I want to continue building a community and being part of a community and contributing however I can through my podcast, through my poetry, even through my architecture practice. Um, that is really my goal and my dream. So tell me about merge design. What is merge design? Merge Design is really a lifestyle brand and a multidisciplinary firm. And its main objective um, is storytelling. And I should actually say there are two objectives, the storytelling and sustainability. Those two are um, very important to me. And actually, it all started back in 2010 um, with merge your mind that was the name that i had in mind so after i graduated with my degree in architecture and my minor in interior design i wanted to create this online platform for architecture students to be able to get feedback for their projects before presenting it to their professors i remember as a student having those big presentation at the very end it was just so nerve-wracking and you would get so little feedback throughout the process so i wanted to create a platform for students pretty much you know all around the world that they could post their projects present them you know ask questions and get get feedback from um others and I came up with Merge Your Mind. And 
than a recession hit back in 2009, 2010. So I wasn't really able to work in my field and had to take a different path and pivot. Um, and then fast forward 2018, by then I had worked in few firms and um, I knew that I would be able to create my own design firm in a few few more years. But shortly after, as we know, um, COVID happened and so I had to pivot again. So Merge Design really, I guess, to the public um, started more as a lifestyle brand where I have my calligraphy work, artwork, my poetry, but but I do have an architecture practice that I do under the same name. I'm just not advertising yet. And I haven't merged the two on my website. What's the worst advice you have received? Um, I was working with someone who was experienced, but also micromanaging everything. And... I was just having such a hard time working with this person and the advice I received was from a colleague saying um, that I should just go with it, not say anything, just keep learning. And, um, and she meant well, and you know, that just didn't sit well with me. Um, if I'm advocating for empowering women, especially immigrant women in the workspace that just didn't, that didn't sit well with me. And I definitely, I didn't listen. Another advice, or maybe it's not much of advice, it's a feedback that um, my poetry is, tend to be more personal to me and not so relatable to masses and um for me my poetry is self-expression and relatability is, is really not my goal when i write it was a feedback but i'm not writing poetry so i could you know relate to more masses so i could sell more books i'm just writing it because it's like it's relatable to me it's my story and you might not relate to all the poems but maybe you would relate to one or two, or you might not relate to uh, any of them at all, but you would still look at it as the uh, form of art and appreciate it. So what's the best advice you have received? Um, the best advice I have received was actually uh, in a form of question, and that was, what does your gut say? And I... Definitely have heard the most when I ignored my gut feelings. So that that was the best advice I have received. What do you value now that you didn't value before? Um, I would say family and finances. Those are the things that I didn't use to value as much and I'm definitely more paying attention to it now. I think in the past, my thought was being close to my family might get in my way of doing things that I wanted to do. But it turns out that they, you know, are 
pretty supportive of me and they love me no matter what, knock on wood. So I really appreciate and love the fact that I am close to my family. And finances, man, no one taught me anything about money and investing or saving. Um, and as I'm trying to build a business, that's something that I'm trying to pay attention to and um, try to invest in myself and in my business more than anything. So what did you value before that you no longer value? Makeup. Um, so in my 20s and early 30s, I used to wear makeup pretty much every day, you know, and dye my hair so frequently. I don't know. Now I just, I have this great appreciation for natural beauty and, um, I think the way I, I see beauty is different now and and really appreciate the no makeup or less makeup look uh, for me. Last but not least, tell us about experience where you have learned a valuable lesson. Hmm. Um, I think the the most valuable lesson actually that I have learned recently um, is that to share with people that you love and you trust what your dreams are because they might have a similar dream than you and they might be able to help you to get where you want to be, you know, a lot quicker than you think. Um, in the past, I tend to just keep things to myself. Like, for example, when I wanted to write this poetry book and publish it, I didn't tell anyone about it. The only, the only people that knew was my partner at the time and he even didn't think that I'm going to publish it for sure or not. And at the very end, when I wrote the book, I had all the designs and then everything. I gave it to my sister, my older sister, to proofread it, a Farsi version of it, because it's in Farsi and English. And I gave it to another American friend of mine to read it, to proofread it as well. So... Those were the only people who knew about my book. And the reason I didn't say anything or I tend to not um, talk about what I'm going to do in future, I was afraid that what if I don't do it? And then they would judge me for not doing it and just saying that I'm going to do it. And um, so... I just wanted to make sure that I'm going to publish the book. But looking back now, I really wished, um, I wish that I had talked about it and told people about um, what I wanted to do. 
um, people, you know, again, people that are close to me. And recently I was thinking about flipping houses and this idea has just kind of been in my mind for some time. And I was just talking with a friend and sharing that with her. And she was like, oh, this is what I, what I was thinking I would do, but you know, I don't want to spend a time. Uh, I rather invest in someone doing the flip as opposed to get involved with it. So she offered that she would invest if I were to find something to flip. And then I talk with the contractor that I work with and told him that like, this is, you know, this is something I, I'm thinking to do. And he got me some great advice. And he said that he had friends that are into flipping homes and kind of sharing their experiences with me. So um, that right then really taught me that um, I should I should share what I want to do or what my dreams are, because I definitely I'm not capable of accomplishing anything by myself. If, if you want to do anything great, you need people to help you. You need the community sharing with those that you love, that you trust about your dreams, what do you want to do. Um, I think that was a great lesson that I've learned recently. And I'll be, I'll be practice on doing that a little bit more. And I'm sharing that with you now. So now you all know, thank you for having me. And I can't wait to have someone else come into the show and interview and learn about them. And I just feel honored as a listener and as an interviewer when someone uh, trusts me with their story and they're willing to be vulnerable and share it in the hope that people would walk away with something 